more like I'm more forward than you. And I I am a little bit. This is kinda like we'll keep this part in here. Hello everybody. Hi, I'm Deacon Dave. <laughs> I'm Layperson Lisa. Welcome to the Deacon, Deacon Dave, Dave and Layperson Lisa, Lisa show. show. Welcome back everybody. <laughs> I think we're going to continue on now with our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven deadly sins. Capital sins? Capital sins. Right? Deadly and sins. we are on which one? Sloth. Sloth. Isn't yeah. that like a, an animal or something? It is. It's a cute, slow-moving animal. A cute, slow-moving animal. Yes, to... and the funniest scene in a movie about a sloth is in Zootopia, so you need to watch that. Check that out. Yes. See so how cute. Really a sloth is. Yes, a cartoon sloth. So tell us, Lisa, a little bit about sloth. Well, it's also known as ascedia, and Catechism 2094 says ascedia, or spiritual sloth, goes so far as to refuse the joy that comes from God and to be repelled by divine goodness. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, it's really sad. It is, it is. I mean... To get to the point where we want to actually repel God's joy. Yeah, and goodness is hard to even yeah, imagine. Yeah. But that's how the devil works. You know, yeah. we're right here in the middle of Lent now. I guess the beginning of Lent, I should say. Since Ash Wednesday. Yes. It was this past Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And um, so Lent's starting, and we're really called to kind of intensify, right, our prayer and our fasting and our almsgiving. And so this is exactly the opposite right. of what we're called to do this time of year. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Catechism 2733 says that sloth is a form of depression due to lax ascetical practice, decreasing vigilance and carelessness of heart. So basically, you don't have a desire to pray is what I take from that. Mm -hmm. You know, the part of that too is like I'm doing a homily this weekend. Yes. And the homily specifically going to talk about taking our prayer life to the next level. And so making our prayer life um, sacrificial. And sloth is exactly the opposite of that because we get away from the idea of even wanting to pray or spend time with God in quiet at all. Right. So, and a lot of times we want to do that, Lisa, when it's convenient or it's comfortable. And the problem with those things is, is many other temptations begin to get in the way and will take us away from prayer. So I'm actually encouraging people to go to adoration. Mm-hmm. Um, to go to Mass early and pray in front of the tabernacle, mm -hmm. and to do the Stations of the Cross every Friday. Mm -hmm. You've been working all week, 6.30 on Friday, church has the Stations, mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a sacrifice, right? Because our tendency is to want to stay home and go, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I had a long week. I yeah. need to relax. God watch will understand. Netflix. Right, just go. Yeah. Make the sacrifice, because that's how God's love is poured out is when we sacrifice to go spend time with Him. And as we know, sacrifice is love. Yes. So it shows our love for God instead yeah. of our sloppiness. And that's what Lent is about, sacrificing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A little mortification. Wow. Mortification. Mm -hmm. Pre-Vatican II terminology, breaking out by layperson Lisa today, it was, It's in the conversation with God a lot. It really is. Yeah. And that book was written in the 70s or the 80s, I believe, okay. um, by Opus Dei. Yeah. I just learned that from Mike at the retreat, that he was Opus Dei, and that's why he refers to St. Jose Maria so often. Very good. Jose yeah. Maria Estrella. Yeah, I just stopped at St. Like Jose say Maria. That. I like <laughs> so what else do we have? On well, the Sloth? word um, acedia in English comes from Latin, which itself comes from the Greek akedia, which means lack of care. Yeah, I think we can become really complacent in our relationship with God. I mean, think about it. 
uh, we're coming up on spring here, hopefully, because it's been really cold. Mm. And what happens if we don't take care of our garden areas and um, those areas where we have flower beds? They just get full of weeds. Exactly. And, and so not taking care, or that lack of care that you spoke about, really allows... The weeds to get in there. Yeah, the evil yeah. to kind of start to get and in there. And choke life. us off at the... Ooh. Ooh, that's exactly what happens. And that's what the devil does. See, it starts out with, it's very, very subtle. Right? If anybody's had a garden and they can say, I get to that next week, right? And then I'll get to that next week. And then the, the weeds are out of control. Yeah, and it's unmanageable. Right. Right? And right. no plants And then growing. you get discouraged. And you're like, oh, whatever. I'll try again next year. And I don't even want to do this. Exactly. And <laughs> right. so we're actually not praying or doing anything right. at all with the garden. Right. Yeah, right. good point. Yep. And it's the lack of spiritual energy. And it's... It, you know, it's easy to have a lack of energy in a lot of different areas. Yes. And and the one area that we don't want to lack energy is in our spiritual life. Correct. And that's exactly where the, the devil wants to attack us. Yes. Uh, is to keep us separated from God. He's okay with us going to work. He's okay with us laying around all day and doing, doing nothing. But if right. we start talking about going to the station of the cross and adoration. Then he puts excuses into our minds. Exactly. We need to be able to fight that off. Exactly. And it's... um. Sloth is also known as the noonday devil because the, uh, it's like a demon that attacks in the light of day and it comes when we least expect it and it is difficult for the victim to recognize it. Yeah, so we have to remain vigilant, right? Yes. Um, and making sure this doesn't happen because like you said, it can just kind of sneak up on us. Yes. And next thing you know, we're not doing anything. Right. And it could be helpful to like talk to somebody about this because sometimes I don't think we see when the devil is attacking us, but um, others may be like, oh, that's spiritual warfare right there. So this is a good, she's a spiritual director. Advisor. I'm sorry, she's a spiritual advisor, <laughs> and so am I. And so if you don't have a spiritual advisor, I think that's what layperson Lisa is saying. Yeah. Get yourself one and have a conversation, you know, once a month. Um, just to kind of check in and, and see where you are and what's going on. It's really good. Yeah. It's really, it's a conversation between you and God and your spiritual advisor is there to just sort of... They're on the journey. Exactly. Yep. She's so smart. Yeah. And Pope John Paul II, in his encyclical Evangelium Vitae, identified the heart of the tragedy being experienced by the modern man, the eclipse of the sense of God and of man. And he noted that when the sense of God is lost, there's also a tendency to lose the sense of man, his dignity and his life. I love this because um, it gets to the very heart of fundamentally, um, we find our identity in God so if we start to lose God then we start to lose our own identity right right and if we lose our own identity it's really easy for us to lose our dignity especially you know inside of sin and get trapped into things of the world exactly so we have to rec we have to recognize that God is the very source of our life and so we have to start with him in all things and that will keep us from going down the sloppy hill that's right that the devil wants us to go down right and when I read that, the Holy Father was speaking to us, we in the West have largely lost the sense of God, leading to a loss of our own sense of purpose or mission. And we all have purpose and mission. Exactly. And I think if you're not in prayer, Lisa, and you're not spending time with God in a, in a quiet, um, productive way, then it's going to be hard to discern exactly maybe what the missions of that day or that week or that month are that God is calling you to. We have the larger missions, right, of life, mm -hmm. maybe being a parent, um, being in charge of ministries, 
but then there's all of these other little missions that God wants to deploy us on mm-hmm. um, from day to day. Yeah, and um, in the Mass series that um, we did on Monday nights with the Bishop Barron, mm-hmm. he tells us that when um, we are dismissed from Mass, that we are on a mission for God. Exactly. And so it's important for us to recognize that. And I mean, think about, now that you brought that up, Lisa, the sloth maybe that we have in Mass. Yeah. That like, we're, we're uh, there, but we're yeah. not really... We're not really present. Right. Yeah. We're participating. We're yeah. checking a box. That's sloth. Yes. Think. Yes. We're certainly not finding finding the joy out of the Mass. Right. Maybe we're going because my spouse is making me. Right. Or whatever the case may be. Right. I'm going to tell you right now that if you're doing that, you are doing a disservice to you and to your spouse and to your family. And in fact, I'll go so much further to say, if you are a man, okay, you have a responsibility to your family to be the leader in terms of going to church because studies show that the mom or the wife can go to church, but that doesn't have the same impact on the children as the father going. Right. The father is the spiritual leader of the family. Right. So men, it's time to step up if we're not stepping up and do what we're supposed to do. Uh, And that most very important mission that God has given us as fathers and husbands to lead our families in the first place we should be leading them to is to God and to the church. Yes. And St. John Paul II continues by saying, the fact is that attaining or realizing a higher value demands a greater effort of will. Hmm. And... (laughs) You know, if you start to fall into that trap of sloth, right, your will is diminished. Right. And it gets harder to come back from that. So that's why we have to have that constant effort to always seek God and to sacrifice like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, and pray that our will may be in union with his perfect will. Exactly. Because sacrifice leads to holiness. Yes. Agree? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and when you get right down to it, um, God is the perfect example of sacrifice. I don't think we need to say how. <laughs> right. But uh, his level of sacrifice. It's perfect, so you can't. No, we don't need to beat it. No, absolutely. But we not. need to yeah. try to attain um, what God is calling us to each and every day. Right. Absolutely. And in order to spare ourselves the effort to excuse our failure to obtain this value, we minimize its significance, deny it the respect which it deserves, even see it as some way of evil, even though objectivity requires us to recognize that it is good. Yeah, I don't need to go to church. I can talk to God out in the woods. I can just watch it online. Yeah, it's not really a big deal whether I go to church or not. I've got a disposition right now. A dispensation, not a disposition. Right, but if you're going to the store, you're going to work, then you can go to Mass. But of course, if you're elderly or have health conditions that prevent you, then stay safe. Right. I think the bottom line is is if that if you are otherwise leading a normal life the right. way you, you always have, then part of being your normal life is going to Mass. Yes. And so we want as many people receiving Jesus in the Eucharist as possible. Because when we talk when we talk about overcoming sloth, right? Well, what's the best way to do that? Sacraments. Is the sacraments, right? Yeah. We get that sacramental grace. Yes. And with, that's it kind of gives that, us our strength. Yeah, it's like a it's like the COVID shot, except it's way, <laughs> way better, right? Yes. It kind of gets us back to where we need to be spiritually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Might as well throw a little bit of pandemic stuff in. Yeah. Resentment possesses, as you see, the distinctive characteristics of the cardinal sin called sloth. Mm. St. Thomas defines sloth, acedia, as a sadness arising from the fact that the good is difficult. Wow. You know, Lisa, I, I'm one of those men that would fight my wife about going to church. And so I wasn't the best example to my son or to my wife. 
thanks be to God that he has helped me to turn the corner because now there's no place I'd rather be than at Mass, um, celebrating with the community, um, um, participating uh, with my life as a sacrifice um, as a part of the liturgy of the Eucharist, and then receiving God. Because as Bishop Barron said, right, he said, no matter how much we give in sacrifice, God gives us so much more back mm -hmm. abundantly in return. Mm -hmm. So going to the Mass is one of those places where we receive so many graces. Yeah. And if you haven't seen somebody at Mass in a while, give them a call and, hey, I'm going to Mass on Sunday. You want to join me? Maybe that's what they need because maybe they are suffering from sloth and they don't even know it. You know, it, it's just very little things make a big difference. And this might be a little off uh, topic, but I was talking to someone yesterday who had left the church many years ago uh, because of some things that had been said. Mm -hmm. And uh, that story was being explained to one of our fellow parishioners. And they looked at the person and they said, I just want you to know that I'm sorry. So they actually apologized. On, on behalf of the church? On behalf of the church. Oh, I, I've heard stories about people doing that, but you saw that happen. I've done it myself as oh, well. Oh, that's all, yeah. yeah wow. so, and so I was talking to this lady the next day because I wasn't there when it happened. The lady that was apologized to. Okay. And she said, you know what? It just brought it all to completion to have someone from the church apologize. Yeah, I've heard that that's. That's all they were really looking for. And it doesn't have to be from a priest or a deacon. It can be from you. Because we are all the body of Christ. Right. And yeah. and, and so you so we you know we, we don't think that that can make a difference, but it does. Yeah. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, very. Yeah, so maybe you'll get a chance to do that. Sometime. Maybe, yeah. And the corresponding virtues of sloth that can help us overcome it are justice, mm -hmm. charity, and magnanimity. Ha! I've trouble with this one too. Darn, I thought I was going to get magnanimity. it. Magnanimity. So you got to go magnanimity. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you know what magnanimity is? Like um, magnifying the love of God to others. I like that. Yeah. Magnanimous. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's, charity is love, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's responding to people just like we said and um, saying I'm sorry. Or, or, or the invite, like you said, to someone to come back to the church mm -hmm. or to pick them up, to give them a ride. Yeah. All of these things require sacrifice. Right. I mean, the biggest thing to overcome sloth is sacrifice. Yeah. Intentional sacrifice um, for yourself to bring yourself back to God or others to God. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I it's agree. Tying this back into my homily. Very good. But I'm not going to use the word magnanimity yeah, in my homily. Yeah, it's, it's a toughie. Because I would go magnanimity. <laughs> right, just like I did. Not yeah. good. <laughs> There's one word I read in one reading every year when I read it, uh -huh. and I, I stumble over it every time. Oh. Even well, when I practice it. I one day you'll get it. I think it's the word before that makes it hard. I can't oh. even remember. It's not even a hard word. Maybe you word. need to pause before you say I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sloth is about fulfilling our obligations to God and neighbor, which brings into play the various manifestations of justice. However, the motivation for, fi for fulfilling these... For fulfilling... For fulfilling these obligations should be supernatural charity, wow. which moves us out of our small, mm. self-serving world so that we might live for others, which is what we are called to do. Sounds like sacrifice again. Yes. So notice this, supernatural charity. So what, what does that imply? Well, God is love, right? So charity is love. God is love. But when we do this with the source and the grace of love of God behind us, it becomes supernatural. Mm -hmm. So we're doing it for something greater than ourselves. Right. I love it. Right. And when the spiritual laxity of sloth overtakes us, we are like a football team that has lost its momentum 
We are set back on our spiritual heels and feel ill-prepared to do what is necessary to turn the tide. From this perspective, we can see how the end game of sloth is despair, mm -hmm. as eventually the negative momentum snowballs and we lose the will to compete. It's really interesting because if you're if you're if you're running full steam ahead with the grace of Christ behind you, right, mm -hmm. and then you stop doing that, yeah, you're gonna have some momentum, like yes. it says. But when you stop, you lose all that momentum. Yeah. But in the world today, Lisa, mm -hmm. it's like running against a fifty mile an hour wind. Mm. So that degradation of speed and then ultimately being pushed backwards can happen very quickly. That's why it's so important for us to go to mass every week. Um, to take a chance to go to adoration, to do the stations of cross during uh, Lent, and to really spend more time with God um, in a way that gets us out of our comfort zone. Yes, yes. That That's how we grow out. when we stretch our comfort zones. Yes. And all those sloths are very cute, according to layperson Lisa. We don't want to become slothful in our lives. Right. Anything else? No, I think we summed it up. That's very good. I'm Deacon Dave. Layperson Lisa. See you next time. Bye. The views expressed on the Deacon Dave and Layperson Lisa show are our own and not that of the Diocese of Richmond nor any person or organization affiliated or doing business with the Diocese of Richmond.